0: Welcome to Build Beyond Bricks, the Western Sydney Community Forum podcast, a place to learn, share, connect and explore, using analysis and insights to lead and shape the future of communities. Hello and welcome to our platform, which is all about building communities. My name is David Hill from the team at Western Sydney Community Forum and I'm your host for today's conversation. I'd like to start by acknowledging that I'm on Darugland, and I pay my respects to Elders past and present, and I commit to help close the gap, working to improve the lives of all First Peoples of Australia. Today is one of our COVID-19 specials, where we unpack the impacts on agencies who are at the forefront of supporting people who experience vulnerability and crisis, and where we share our ideas, thoughts, tools and experiences so we can support each other in servicing local communities across Greater Western Sydney. Our guest today is Rachel Noble. Now she's the head of the Western Region Customers and Communities at SGCH. And she also works out of the Bonnie Rig office. So hello and welcome Rachel.
1: Hi David, thanks for having me. Sorry, I too would like to start off by acknowledging the traditional owners of the land in which we meet. Um, and pay my respects to Elders past, present and emerging.
0: Thank you rachel but uh, to get this uh this conversation going today why don't you start by telling us about the services that you offer at sgch and how COVID 19 has impacted on your service delivery
1: yeah sure absolutely uh so at sgch we are a community housing provider a not-for-profit organization that provides social and also affordable housing um my role as head of western region means i look after about 40 staff across all tenancy management services. Uh, this includes tenancy management, support coordination um, and also our community and place team. In my portfolio alone, we have about 3,000 households across Western Sydney um, and all over Sydney we have 11,000 customers. So the um, COVID-19 has definitely hit uh, our service and, and what we can provide to our tenants. Uh, essentially, we're a customer-focused organisation that has been disrupted by COVID because of the service we provide being an in-home service and a connection to our customers. Uh, like most businesses, we couldn't have customers in the office for a period of time. We also couldn't conduct normal operations like our home visits or our community events. So, for instance, we hold cooking classes in our Bonnie Rig office once a week. We haven't been able to do that for some time. Our customers rely on our service for support and connection, so it was important that we adapt quickly to provide this support in a safe way that protected the customers and, of course, our staff. Um, The organisation itself is really supportive and caring and there was a lot of communication to keep people up to date and informed. This was really important. as a lot of people quickly had to adapt to working from home and in, in our environment it's not something that we do naturally because we're just used to, you know, being out and, and, and seeing customers out in their homes. Um, I also think that being open and transparent as an organisation has brought a sense of calm to the staff, uh, which in turn transpired to our customer. So we were able to stay calm and and really take on the COVID Um, issues which then in turn I feel brought some sense of calm to our customer.
0: Rachel that sounds extraordinary so many uh, things happening and I I really take on board uh, uh, what you're telling me about that how normally you operate on a face-to-face basis and the kind of services that that come with that uh, and how the kind of things that you've had to do Uh, could you take us through a little bit about uh, you've talked about some of those strategies How has that actually gone? Is there insight into those strategies that you think you need to share with maybe other service providers that could help them?
1: Yeah, definitely. Look, I think across the organisation, we obviously couldn't see people face-to-face, but we were able to make um, over 2,000 phone calls to check in on our most vulnerable clients. It was great to see people across the business volunteering for this to happen. So, you know, our team in finance were were quick to pick up the phone and and speak to customers and make sure everything was okay when generally in in their part of the business, they wouldn't be able to do this or they, they wouldn't generally have the opportunity to do that because they had a different focus. So we were able to shift uh, many people's regular work patterns um, and there was an absolute willingness to do so to provide the assistance to our customers.
0: Fantastic.
1: Uh, We also had to change the way we work as as an organisation initially because of the concern that, the outbreak of COVID could occur, um, but also now even in terms of the second wave. And we did move to a team A, team B. So service delivery was still there. We still had teams in the office to to assist customers when they did come in, however, it was just a smaller amount of numbers. Uh, so then, one team—you would one week you'd have Team A, the second week you'd have Team B, and we would alternate to minimise the risk, not only to the team but also to the customers, to make sure that the business continuity was there through the um, through the pandemic.
0: That sounds like a really sensible approach. Uh, tell me about situations where people don't have telephones. Did how many people are in that kind of circumstance?
1: Yeah. Look, we. I think we're fortunate enough that if the people that don't have telephones or English is not their first language, we were able to touch base with um, either the support providers that we've been able to link them to, or a next of kin. We also really rely on on neighbours and neighbours looking after one another uh, especially in these circumstances there were many a times where we did receive phone calls you know from Mrs Smith down the road that hadn't seen her neighbour in you know in a day or two and just to want to check in uh, so we then had the ability to you know, eat as a, call the tenant, um, or in extreme scenarios, we would absolutely still go out and visit, uh, making sure that we obviously adhered to um, distancing requirements and things like that. So I think that the flexibility of, you know, really making sure that safety was at the forefront, but also having the ability to to really be able to go out and still do what we need to do if it was um, absolutely required, um, I think was something that really helped us through it.
0: Fantastic Rachel. It sounds like you guys are really committed to your clients. Did that require extra resources to cope with what was happening through COVID-19?
1: Look, I think um we were we were probably one of the more fortunate organizations that didn't lose any resources, uh, but we did not gain any additional resources. You know, it has been difficult for a lot of organizations out there and and businesses that have had had to send staff away, but we were lucky not to have to do that. I think the biggest way we adapted was to think about how we can safely keep up the community connections um, that are so vital for our customers. Uh, One thing that we did do that we're really, really proud of is um, move the face-to-face experience some of our community programs online. Um, We also had a a competition to name our particular platform, which um, at this point in time is known as the Community Place and Partnership Studio or the CPP Studio. Uh, This is an online platform where people can get involved with yoga, bingo, um, gardening tips, gentle exercises, and and still keep our tenant groups connected, Um, whether that be, you know, to talk about something that's happening in their particular site or just to, you know, come together for a chat with a coffee. Um, We use Zoom, the platform Zoom, uh, to have people connect We've helped them download Zoom, create email accounts. Some of them haven't had an email account before. Um, we've used Eventbrite for them to register for the program. Um, we've also been able to keep some of our, um, our yoga instructor and, and, and Zumba teacher still able to do what they want to do and teaching, teaching the community their skills through the online platform.
0: Everybody doing yoga in their own homes?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
0: I, I, can, I can just imagine it now. Lots of people stretching all over the place, all wearing their lycra.
1: It's really exciting to see, you know, we've got some of our most elderly customers, you know, using Zoom and wanting to get involved. And it's beautiful to see that everyone's, you know, happy to join in and, and really just still get involved, even if it is from a distance.
0: That, I love your story, Rachel. This sounds like uh, you're doing all of the right stuff at the local level. I'm sure that your community are really, really pleased about what you're doing and how you're helping them keep them together and help them, helping you get through all of this process, what's been going on. Uh, tell us about the next steps. You know, We've come to a point where it's been quite a few months now. Some people are starting to relax what they're doing, but there's the fear of, of more outbreaks. Uh, what are the next steps for your organization?
1: In some of the doom and gloom, I think um, speaking of the positives as well, we've had the opportunity um, through this to have developed, well, to delivered four developments in the Liverpool LGA. So there was a process that we went through with our development team that built. 200 new homes across four particular sites um so you know that was a really exciting time for us um being able to you know being fortunate enough to provide homes to to customers at this time especially you know some of the most vulnerable we've been working with DCJ housing some of the rough sleepers that they've had in these particular sites um so you know to be able to give someone a forever home uh you know in a period of time where housing is so critical has just been something that's been really exciting to us. Brilliant. it's come with a couple of difficulties you know obviously um the social distancing and not being able to show people through in groups and you know one-on-one appointments for house inspections we've had some great outcomes there was one particular customer that was um assigned to one of these units and she kept driving around the block and around the block and looking for the property and thinking you know obviously she drove past the block every time um but she couldn't believe that what we were providing was social housing she said it was just absolutely beautiful. And, and you know, she actually cried when she realised that that was her new home and that she got handed the keys for that site. So I think that, you know, it's stories like that that put into perspective what we do and how important housing is at the best of times, but even more so in times of, of you know, things like COVID.
0: Rachel, that is such a good story. I think most of the community don't understand uh, how um, people who get social housing, are just so incredibly grateful and what a massive difference it makes in their lives. I think if they could talk to people, they would understand that this is a really brilliant fundamental service that's provided. And I congratulate you on doing that. And that's such a great set of stories, taking people off the streets through these tough times and actually giving them a house to live in. Really inspirational. Thank you for that.
1: No, thank you. Um,
0: and so uh, in terms of our conversation today, ultimately what we're doing is we're talking to our community services providers out there about the lessons that we've learned. I think you've given us an extraordinary amount of uh, very positive uh, stories there in terms of like what you've focused on, how things are moving through into the future. Uh, are there things, are there challenges that you want to talk about as well or any anything that you've learned that you need to share?
1: There have, def- have definitely been a lot of challenges through through um, our experience with COVID. Being at arm's length for our customer and not being able to, to be there, a lot of our customers don't have many people to turn to. So, um, you know, having us visit every now and then was something that they really looked forward to. And that's probably one of, you know, the biggest challenges we've had, that even though we've tried to adapt with with the time and, and try to think outside the box and put, you know, different um, ideas in play, um, there is still the cohort out there that, you know, don't have family and don't have friends and may not be linked to support um, and just really relied on on the visits that they got from their tenancy manager or their support coordinator just to, you know, have a cup of tea and have a listen to, you know, have a chat. Um, so that's definitely been a big challenge.
0: Some of the toughest stories that I've heard during COVID-19 are about situations where people have been socially isolated before COVID-19 came along And I find them really tough when people say it really hasn't made much of a difference. What it's really done is it's just reminded us that for some people, uh, this is a pretty tough world out there and social distancing is the norm for some people. And there's some really tough, tough stories in my my mind and that we need to, to get beyond this. Are you seeing things like that as well? There are some parts of our community where really we need to look at This notion of social isolation and and deal with it as a a major issue for our community.
1: Yeah, absolutely. We have a lot of tenants that, you know, we can't, we we haven't been able to get in contact with and, you know, we know that, that they are sitting at home and inside their units and they just, you know, probably feel most comfortable there. But you know really are distant from from anyone in in their life, so
0: okay uh, look the idea of finding a way to for people to connect using things like the internet and those zoom sessions and everybody doing their yoga sessions that sounds like such an exciting and inspirational thing to get people involved in uh, are there are there bits that uh, that you think other service providers could come on board and help with you know are there, are there players out there that could support you? Do you think that maybe we could help. Oh.
1: With? absolutely we would um you know if we we hope to expand so one thing that we are looking as a as a lesson learned from covid is to expand our platform in terms of the studio
0: yeah. um
1: and that would you know having you know a guest guest appearance from you know a a local service or a local support coordinator or any any service out there that could provide more information for our customers
0: Okay. without
1: having to leave their home would absolutely be welcomed.
0: Have you heard of LEAP? They get involved in helping people. They've got a, a little little program called TechMates to help people uh, get onto the internet and to, to work out their problems, basically providing uh, people who know what they can do one-on-one kind of support. Maybe there's mm-hmm. groups like that we can connect you with.
1: Yeah, definitely. We are looking at also there's been a, a few... Um, a few grants that have come out through COVID in terms of making sure that people are connected to, you know, the online platforms to minimise the social isolation, which we've also uh, looked into to see if there's anything available out there for our customers.
0: Are there particular groups in your communities that, that you're mostly concerned about? Is, is it the elderly or is it people from a diverse background? Is, is there some particular groups that it's tough for?
1: Yeah, look, definitely the elderly, you know, especially in bonnyrig we do have an aging population and it is something that we are, um, that we recognize. A lot of our stock, specifically in the Western region, is, you know, your smaller one, two bedroom properties, which generally, you know, we are housing elderly clients. So we we do try and focus a lot of our um, activities in what we do on, on that particular cohort as well, because we do know that you know, sometimes there's not a lot of family around when you do get a little bit older. So making sure that you are still connected with, you know, friends or or your local clubs or your neighbours is is definitely very important.
0: Okay, tell us about that. Tell us about when people lost their jobs. How did you help them?
1: Immediately, as soon as we obviously COVID happened, we developed a COVID hardship policy, which meant that We would reassess rents with a maximum of three-day turnaround, you know, which generally would take up to 14 days. Uh, We loosened the restrictions around what it is they needed to provide to us. So we made it a lot easier for customers to tell us that their circumstances had changed um, and then be able to immediately respond with a change to their rent you know, aligned to what it was that they were now receiving as an income. You know, a lot of customers did go on $5 rent for a period of time until their payments from Centrelink did kick in. So just being able to respond as quickly as possible was um, really important to the customers because they knew that you know, they had other bills to pay and also with our affordable housing stock. So even before the government had made their position on on the, the RTA and making sure that you're negotiating with your landlord... We were already onto that and offering, um, you know, redu- significantly reduced discounts even to affordable housing rents to make sure that our um, customers in that sort of housing was still supported through this particular time. Because obviously, one of the um, one of the requirements for affordable housing is that your income is through paid employment. And then a lot of these customers, you know, they were concerned that they would be losing their home on top of losing their job because of the fact that their housing relied on that and just being able to give them the reassurance that that was absolutely not going to happen plus we can also support you with providing a discount to your rent during this time it was just something that was you know really positive for us to be able to do and we you know as an organization me administering that I just felt a sense of pride in being able to help as many people as we could you know through obviously the commitment that St George made to the customer so it was a really nice moment.
0: Rachel, that is fantastic. And I, I really hope that, that uh, we can get the word out there about that. That's the kind of thing that reflects incredibly well on on your organisation on St George Community Housing. Yeah. You guys are delivering a great service. SGCH is obviously an organisation that's committed to its community. Um, thank you so much for coming on today. Uh, I really appreciate it. Before we wind up, is there anything else that you'd like to talk about today?
1: One thing that we have really taken out of this experience would be the fact that we have looked for opportunities. Having gone through something like this and a lot of, it wasn't long ago where, you know, you were driving down the street at what would be peak hour and you couldn't see another car in sight. And, you know, going from that to where we are now, I think that it's the opportunities that we've jumped on and thinking outside the box We've given every single person a voice. Every single person in the organisation has had the opportunity to to speak up, ask if there's a better way, and sometimes it's the most simplest ideas that have the biggest impact. Um, So for us moving forward, I just think my biggest lesson out of this would be to look for opportunities and give everyone a voice. And um, it's been interesting to see how everyone's come together in this scenario you know, in a time of such uncertainty, which could have gone one way or the other. And and for us, fortunately enough, it's gone, you know, more positive where we've been able to really look at the way we deliver a service and and see how we can do it in a different way. So for me, it's look out for those opportunities.
0: Wow, Rachel. Rachel, I, I am inspired. Please allow me to echo what you're saying there. I think we all have a role to play in terms of making sure that as a community, we get through this it's tough for everybody um, i think what you guys are doing is, is something quite inspirational so uh, on behalf of everybody at uh, the western city community forum congratulations we're very happy to be telling your story to other players out there and of course if anybody wants to check out these podcast notes or how to get in touch with rachel uh, go to the website uh, look at look at what's going in there check out those notes we're all working within a fog we, we've never been here before. We're not certain what to do or how to do it. And none of us have the exact answers, Uh, but we're heading in the right direction. And listening to stories like yours, Rachel, I think has been part of helping everybody else to to move through this. Uh, These are the things we will continue to explore as part of these COVID-19 specials. Thank you. Uh, Thank you for joining us today. Uh, Please get in touch with your thoughts and questions at any time. Uh, From the team at Western Sydney Community Forum, we want to say, A massive thank you to to Rachel um, at SGCH. uh, And we want to say to everybody, please stay well, speak again soon, and goodbye for now. Thanks for listening to Build Beyond Bricks by Western Sydney Community Forum, the region's social development council, providing programs, services, analysis, and insights. To learn more, visit us at wscf.org.au.